Well, welcome to TGC Canada Worship God podcast. Jody Cross with you, lead pastor at Social Revival Church in Barrie, and Rob Rockman, worship pastor at Living Hope Church in Georgetown, uh, in the non-flannel shirt, and Pat Sabell from Midtown Church in Vancouver with the flannel shirt. Hey guys, Absolutely. how you doing? Good to be here, Jody. Jody. How are you? I'm doing all right. We are. Uh, we're talking today about just what it means to be sustained in a challenging time. And I was just thinking that, guys, we are now 10 months into our new reality, which, uh, you know, 10 months for anything is, is a long time, uh, unless it's something really great and easy, which you just want more of it. But if it's not so easy, then, you know, it's been a, it's been a bit of a grind. So I thought as we talk about this topic today, which we might call, you know, our worship in the wilderness or our worship in tough times or turning to, to God and getting our perspective renewed and refocused in tough times. I thought I would just turn it over to you guys just to hear how you're doing 10 months in, how your souls are feeling. Um, you know, one of the things, sometimes we're not careful, we are Christian leaders and uh, the people that are watching us are Christian leaders. You know, we, we have the word of God. Uh, we, love, we love God's word. We're people of faith. We believe in the power of prayer. And all of that is true. We believe in the supremacy of God. But at the same time, we're human. And uh, this stuff, you know, it's like we're in a boxing match and we get punched and we get bruised and we get weary. And, you know, I think while we hold our faith and hold our, our strong belief in the power of, of God and in the, the goodness of the promises of God, we still feel it. And, mm. uh, you know, it affects us and we get weighed down. And uh, so I want us to be honest today and just in terms of how we are. But then in the midst of that, then turn our eyes back on Christ and find out what the scriptures have to say to us about how we are worshipers and how worship renews us and how we can be leaders of people in worship and help them as well. So Rob, hopefully yeah. with a little introduction, how are you doing? How are you feeling in your soul? I am in my soul. Um, I think I, I, I'm thankful that I had cultivated a devotional life with the Lord that, um, that sustains me personally. Um, and, uh, but my, when I go, when, when things are hard for me, they're hard because they're hard for other people. I'm very empathetic um, in ministry. I'm a shepherd. And so I care for people. And so I think a product of that is that I'm very attuned to other people's needs and suffering. Like, you know, we, we met as a staff this week and a common theme in our staff meeting was burnout and just exhaustion and the Lord's good, you know, the Lord is, you know, meeting me, but just a tiredness and, and it's, it's a common thread. And even many pastor friends I know, um, same thing, you know, just tiredness, exhaustion, not to mention the flock and the people. I mean, since March 2020, we have had five months of my church has had five months of church online, isolation, lockdown, like at your home kind of thing. That's been tough that that's been tough. Um, personally for me, that's what, that's what grieves me more. I was thinking, I was reading through Romans. Uh, we're starting a series in Romans and Romans chapter one, uh, Paul says this, and it, it just, it struck me last night. I messaged it to the guys of my, my small group. Um, verse 11. Uh, he's just, he's like, Oh, I want to come see you guys so bad. <laughs> Romans one, verse 11. I long to see you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by one another's faith, both yours and mine. And I, I read that and I got emotional because it was just like, yeah, like 
brothers, I love you, but this is not the same like this. It's good. It's great. And I'm thankful for it. But like Paul writing a letter, isn't the same thing as being in Rome with the people. And so that's, that's what I feel is just me and the Lord are good. He's doing some great things in our lives and we're thankful for him. And we're as a couple being blessed, but I feel, I feel that that longing and that desire for what this doesn't give, um, mm-hmm. which Paul talks about here. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. And that's a great reflection. You know, Paul says, I long to see you face to face and, yeah, and, uh, and a few places. And, you know, you just, you feel the we- you feel weariness from, from lots of things and lots of reasons. Pat, how about you? Uh, your experience is we've had more permissions out here than you have. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're yeah. in a new situation. Tell us how you're doing. Yeah, I think, um, we just uh, were told beginning of December that we were no longer to, no, was that December? Anyways, I can't keep up anymore. November, December, where we went from 50, allowed to have 50, uh, to, to no more gatherings. Um, and so we are, uh, we're launching, I'm part of a, a, a new church plant, so we're launching the church on January 24th. Um, and just trying to figure out right now recording and and um, getting the the sermon and stuff online but I think overall you know there's there's just a general sense in the, the people of our church and and the, the the many ministries or pastors that I bump into or talk to on zoom uh, this general sense of just as, as Rob said weariness um, and I think it, in the wilderness, our, our temptation and, you know, in a difficult time like this, a pandemic, our, our temptation is to focus on the, 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 the realities of the pandemic. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, um, I think it's Dr. Lord Jones that says, for every one look at yourselves, take, take 10 of Christ. Um, and I think often we we're, we do the opposite in terms of our circumstances. So right now in the middle of a pandemic, <clears throat> we're, we're more aware of uh, the difficulty in communicating and connecting with people and mm-hmm. all those things. And those things become bigger and they're, they're more wearisome and troublesome to us than, than, than the fact that God is in the middle of this pandemic and God mm-hmm. ordained it. And so God ordained the wilderness and he ordained it for a purpose. Um, and so I think I find myself on a daily basis, just sometimes taking 10 looks at the circumstances of COVID-19 and forgetting that God is at the center and God mm. is in the middle of my wilderness. Mm. Um, and so I think yeah, just constantly the need to preach the gospel to myself, to remind myself every day, that God, you are good. You're altogether good. That mm-hmm. you, you're in the middle of this. You have this. You're doing something in your church. You're doing something in me. And uh, and then and then to be able to say with the psalmist, why why are you cast down? Put yeah. put your hope in God. So yeah. You know, I'm I'm going to inject some spiritual adrenaline into our bloodstream here as you're you're chatting Colossians chapter one. This is the text that I'm preaching on this week. This is the deep end of the theological Christological pool in Colossians. And um, Colossians chapter one says this in verse 17, he is before all things and I'm talking about Christ and in him, all things hold together. 
Mm. He is the head of the body, the church. You know, so he, Jesus is the Lord of creation. He is the Lord of the church. He's the Lord of time, the Lord of eternity. All things hold together in him. And mm. that's just a, a great perspective on the fact that we're going to make it. We're going to make it because as that song that many of us sing, he will hold me fast, right? When I think mm. my faith will, will fail, Christ will hold me fast. And when we feel like we can't make it, uh, Christ is going to hold us fast. So we've identified just that that sense of weariness, of distraction, of feeling isolated and vulnerable and disoriented. And we don't know how long this is going to go on for, but uh, God has not been caught off guard. And, you know, we, we know what um, ministry requires, regardless of what position of spiritual ministry you're in, from a, a paid person to a lay person involved in church. You might be a worship leader today, maybe an elder, might be a pastor watching. But, you know, when things are going well, we're very aware that we need spiritual vibrancy. Rob just talked about that, our relationship with the Lord. We want that to, to be strong. We need resiliency for the endurance. We need our, our vision to be clear. And we need to be God confident. And we also want to be in a, in a tight and um, just vulnerable or being vulnerable in transparent community. So those are the things that, that we need to be in our lives. And even those things are, are kind of threatened in the, in the season that we're in. But those are the places that we want to go to. And the great news is, as we think about worship in light of the situation we're in, the Bible is not silent on wilderness experiences. Mm. Um, Pat, as you think about where we see the wilderness and who was in the wilderness and what happened in the wilderness in the scriptures, what comes to your mind as it, as it pertains to, you know, things that God is doing and aspects of worship? Yeah. Uh, I mean, boy, there's, there's so many examples. I mean, that's God's intention. It seems like he does his, deepest best work in the wilderness um you know if you're you're thinking of moses uh, i think it's exodus 3 the burning bush moses has you know run from egypt but, but you know there he he had everything at his fingertips he's he it just seems like you couldn't have a better life and the next minute he's out in the wilderness looking after sheep um and and uh you know, there's a burning bush. <laughs> uh, God, God meets Moses in the wilderness, commissions Moses in the wilderness, sends Moses in the wilderness. And, and I even think about our lives and maybe the stagnation right now of, of many people need a, need a, a, a fresh burning bush experience, need a, need a fresh commissioning, need, a, need to hear the voice of the Lord say, you know, I'm sending you, I got something new for you to do. And, and maybe, you know, th th this was a, you know, the Lord appeared to Moses and said, I am that I am. I mean, mm. <laughs> in, in the wilderness. Uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, for us to be mindful of this, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus in the wilderness, uh, we, we just see him, you know, the, the, you know, being obedient to his father and and willing to uh, to to stand there in the face of the enemy and to um, to proclaim the truth of God's word, um, you know, and and in the wilderness the the angels came and ministered to him, um, you know, D David, uh, you know, crying out to God in Psalm fifty seven as he's running from Saul. And he's in a cave. He's writing the psalm in a cave, um, and his 
you know, it just says God and you, I take refuge. And he's, he's saying that his, his praise is going to awaken the dawn. <laughs> he's, he's mindful that his, his only hope is in Christ. So, yeah, I think there's an abundance of, of places in scripture just over and over again that remind us that God is the God of the wilderness. He, there's something that God uniquely does in us uh, as we, as we, uh, as we, you know, follow him <laughs> and his purpose is to take us into those places so that we can be conformed to his image so that we can be transformed so that we can love him more so that we can be stripped of all the mm -hmm. things that we hold on to and love so much and, and in the wilderness he shows us that all that stuff is just stuff and that he's better than mm -hmm. than that stuff yeah, I think even of, you know, the, in the history of the early church, you know, these monastic aesthetic movements that that developed based off this idea of, you know, these these people like John the Baptist who lived in the wilderness and taught in the wilderness and lived off and, and these lives of, of, of pain and suffering because they were in a place where they could hear God more clearly. I mean, that was the whole point. In the wilderness, we become more dependent we become more we hear better and i even think about S S saul the apostle paul who goes up into arabia for three years after he's converted he heads up into nowhere no, nobody knows what happens up there but we know for three years he studied he studied the scriptures and he was with the lord and it was a it was a intense time of growing and teaching for him and so i and even like israel 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness, being winnowed down, being purified. God is speaking. He gives his law to them in the desert mm -hmm. and he makes very clear what kind of people they should be. And as they go into this new land one day and yeah, the wilderness, it's not fun, but it's where the Lord meets us in a special mm -hmm. way. And, you yeah. know, I think of Romans five, that says, you know, we should rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, mm -hmm. endurance right. produces character, character produces hope. You know, it's like the Lord uses the wilderness and suffering to pr produce endurance and hope in us. And that's not, we're not saying, so be happy. It's easy. No, 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 no. But there's a bit of the context. There's a bit of kind of mm -hmm. perspective that we have in the desert places. You know, uh, we should do a little hymn quiz here. I was thinking of, uh, the lyrics to guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Anybody, uh, any of you guys have verse oh, one loaded up at the top of your uh... Pil Pil pilgrims in this something land? Yeah, Bar Baron. <laughs> I am, so I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with yeah. thy powerful hand. That's right. Yeah. You know, guide me. You know, so the meta narrative of scripture is that the earth is the wilderness, it's the desert, right? We're being led from this barren land, the desert from the wilderness into the promised land. That's the, that's the meta theme mm. of the scriptures, you know, and, and who is the one, who is the Moses, the new Moses? Well, it's Jesus. And he's, yeah. he's leading his people through this barren land, taking us home. And so obviously we have these micro moments in, you know, 2021, 2020 and 21, where we feel like, man, this is an, an intense desert season, but in a sense, our whole life is a desert season until we until we cross the Jordan and get home. And, and that hymn, thank you, Pat, for doing a very fine job getting those lyrics. 
Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I'm weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. And just, you know, and maybe you haven't been thinking about that song for a while, folks who are listening, but just look at the lyrics again and, and sing it and worship God and make it your prayer. But that's the hope that Christ is with us in the wilderness. Jesus is with us. And he, you know, in Matthew chapter four, when he's in his own wilderness experience, he's actually looking back to Deuteronomy chapter eight. And the same things, we know that because, well, he's saying, you know, man shall not live by bread alone. And that's actually what was written in Deuteronomy chapter eight. So mm. one of the things that the God's doing is it's, it's teaching us a, an absolute dependency on the Lord and his word and knowing that we cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So that this book, God's word has to be precious to us. And the promises and the perspective that God's word gives us is what gives us sustenance. And I, I love Jeremiah chapter 17, 7 and 8. These, these verses that I find very hopeful. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. And here's the desert theme coming out. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream, does not fear when the heat comes. So there's the scorching heat. Its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And what a what a beautiful picture, like in the desert seasons, in the tough times. And Rob, I think you might, you know, you're also thinking of a couple other incidents in scripture where it wasn't desert-like, but it was difficult. We'll come back to you in a second. Yeah. And just, just think back into Jeremiah. It's like, you know, even when there's a drought, even when I'm in a desert, I'm a tree planted because I trust in Christ and I'm going to remain green and I will still bear fruit. So there's still life. So Rob, what, what were you thinking of in terms of um, just those other accounts that scripture yeah. that show people worshiping well I, I do think that there's an idea the idea that we're getting at ultimately at its core is the role that worship can play in these dark desert places of suffering and trial and worship in the scriptures often shows up in these situations where there's a lot of let's call them wilderness moments where we're maybe they're not in a wilderness. Uh, first thing that comes to mind for me is Acts 16, where you have Paul and Silas, you know, it was one of my favorite, favorite chapters in the Bible is the whole Philippian mm -hmm. church planting. I love that story. Mm -hmm. And they, these guys get beaten by this crowd because this person, these people turn against them and they're thrown into jail and they're bloodied, they're bruised, they're broken. Like every single reason to be discouraged, you know, like I just got beaten up and thrown in prison and I'm literally tied and what happens and, and we all know the story they start to sing hymns yeah. they they start to sing songs him and Silas are singing songs to the Lord and it's in that moment of praise and that they're and what are they doing like I, I wonder what those songs were like I wish mm -hmm. wouldn't it be cool to like know like so what were they singing you know, what psalms were they singing or were there some hymns that they had written that they were making like, oh, to be like in that jail, like the other people yeah. and hearing that would be so cool. <laughs> and what does it do? It uplifts their spirits. It, it just encourages them. <clears throat> I think of James five that says, um, if anyone is among you suffering, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing praise. There's this idea here that when we sing, we're fostering joy and cheerfulness in our life. And it's true. Uh, there are songs of lament. We all know there are songs of 
um, all kinds of songs. But when we sing, the whole point is to remind ourselves of God and what he's doing. And so it brings joy. Um, I, I also think of uh, the story of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20. Um, King Jehoshaphat in Second Second Chronicles 20, um, like all these armies come against Israel and they're all there. And it just looks like this is going to be a wipeout. We are done. Um, you know, the, the Moabites, the Ammonites came up with some of the Munites came up against Jehoshaphat for battle. Um, verse 12. And they say, oh, God, will you? like, come help us. Oh God, will you not execute, ju execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde. So they start calling out to God. And we see what happens in verse 18. Jehoshaphat bows his head and his face to the ground. And all of Judah joins in with him. And they start worshiping the Lord. They start praising him. They start praying, praising God. And the Levites and, and a bunch of other people stand up and they praise the Lord with a very loud voice that it tells us at the end in, in, in verses 22 or 23 that the Lord causes confusion and everyone starts fighting with one another and the armies just kill themselves. And Israel just kind of looks down at his mayhem is like, hey, God delivered us. We didn't even have to fight. This is awesome. And again, just this idea of how in this moment of fear and anxiety and stress and wilderness, what singing did, it, re, it, it, it reoriented their hearts it put their trust in God and reminded them God's the one who wins the battle. And I think that's what a lot of what worship does. It, it reminds us about who God is. That's what it should. If we're singing songs that are biblical, that are rich with the scriptures and that are declaring what God has done, that's what worship does. It, it goes, oh, right. Who do, we, who do we worship? We worship the God of the God that Moses sang about after Pharaoh was thrown into the sea. We're worshiping the God who delivered them out of Egypt. We're worshiping the God who delivered us out of our sin in Christ. Singing and reminding ourselves of those truths, uh, it shifts our perspective in, in dark places. Yeah. Psalm 63, it's interesting. There's these, the superscript in the Psalm. Psalm 63, it says a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. So it's like, oh, you have my attention, David, yeah. worshiper, David, psalmist, David, instrument builder, uh, David on the run, David, fugitive in the wilderness. It's like, okay, I think I should lean in, lean into this text yeah. and just figure out, you know, what, what did his worship look like, worship life look like? And, um, you know, so he says, oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, and a, my flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land where there's no water. I think We'd go, yep, I feel like, Desert. Lord, my my cup is dry and I'm dry and I need some lip chap or something because my lips are parched. And so what does he do? Verse two, he says, I've looked upon you in the sanctuary. So there we go, right? Getting our gaze, Pat, you said it, lifting our heads, our gaze, uh, looking on the Lord in the sanctuary, beholding his power and glory, remembering that he's the God who created the universe, that he's preeminent. And then there's not just this power of God in verse two, but in verse three, there's the imminence, the, the tenderness, because your steadfast love is better than life. You know, David David knew the, the wrapping of the arms of God around him, the tenderness, the gentleness. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, your love is better than life. My lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. As you were talking, Rob, I was thinking about the song that we all sang a lot. Now we don't sing so much anymore. Uh, you know, 10,000 Reasons. Mm. You know, we sang it for about five years straight, nonstop, and then we sort of stopped singing it. But 
I just, you know, I will bless you as long as I live. And um, then he says, verse five, and for anybody who's weary today and just goes, and where am I going to get that spiritual drink? Look at verse five. If you're in Psalm 63, my soul will be satisfied mm. as with rich and fat foods or fat and rich foods. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. There you go. That's the, uh, there's the, the song of praise in the Philippian jail. Mm. And then, um, you know, when I met, when I remember you, verse six on my bed, meditate on you in the watches of night for you have been my help. That's just remembering our past that, you know, this isn't the first desert any of us have been in. Mm. Uh, there will be more. We've been in them in the past. And just think back. And then he says in verse seven, in the shadow of your wings, under this refuge of God and God's care for you, whatever you're going through today, God knows your specifics. He knows where you're overwhelmed. He knows where you're burdened. He knows where you're exasperated, where you're angry, where you're confused, whatever. Um, you know, he is is there and you're in the shadow of his wings and says, I will sing for joy. Mm. And I guess one of the takeaways for me is, you know, I'm I'm with you and, and I'm a, a fellow journeyer and a fellow struggler and, and I'm a lead pastor of a church in the last three months like I literally walked into a new church situation in the midst of COVID in the midst of lockdowns and you know service alterations and people who are not always happy with decisions of leadership and and I here's one of my takeaways it's I want I don't want my song to be uh, quenched you know I want that song in my own heart to be released again that song mm -hmm. of declaring Lord Lord you're good and then Right. Verse eight, my soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. So I think Psalm 63 is a, a great place for us to be as we mm. consider the nearness of the Lord. And um, mm. well, let's in the time that we have left, let's let's make this practical. So people watching need to worship as as people, as believers, as followers of Christ. But many of the people watching are those who are, are responsible for leading others in worship. So Pat, speak to one of those two, either encouraging people to ramp up their worship life or encouraging people and giving them some, some uh, direction or some encouragement as they lead others. Yeah. I, I mean, I think something that uh, happened in my life a couple of years ago, we had, we have a, a and an adopted fetal, severe fetal alcohol son. He's 19 now. Um, but when he was 16, we we started going through a, a real dark, real deep valley. And I remember sitting on my couch one night as an elder from our church came over and was was talking to me. It was a it was all around a very difficult time that we were having with my son. And um, I, I I felt the Lord just kind of drop into my heart, like, what if this trial or this wilderness? last for the next 10 or 15 years of your life. And uh, the elder that was coming over, we were trying to put a bow on it in a sense. We were trying to like, okay, this is the three steps and it's going to be better. Um, and, and I think I would, I would want to say to the worship guy out there or the pastor that's listening or the worshiper, um, you know, when you think of the pandemic, uh, are you thinking, uh, you know, let's just put a bow on this thing let's just move on let's get over this and get doing life again um and i th i think you know maybe the question i would say is if this pandemic lasted for another three years <laughs> and he's like you're kidding me like you know i see hope in september or whatever you're thinking right now um but if this pandemic was ordained by God and it was meant, I think it's meant to increase our longing for Jesus, 
our longing to 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 be with Jesus. I was reading a, a, a article on Nine Marks uh, just recently by uh, Matthew Westerholm. The church should sing songs for heaven's sake, and he was just talking how a lot of our songs are no longer speaking about the longing to be with Jesus and. And that this pandemic should be creating ache in our soul and greater longing for Christ, greater longing to be with Christ and to join that throng that is unaffected by a pandemic right now, that day and night in the presence of God, they, they worship the lamb who was slain and they say, worthy are you to receive glory, honor, and power. I mean, that, that is the ultimate reality. And, and I would say to you listening in today, and I say to my soul, how we need a fresh vision of that, mm. that whether this pandemic, whether we find out in you know two months from now, it's wide open, you can do church again or something other, you know, what's the next big thing that's going to come and crash and, and yeah. we're going to be sitting here. So Lord <laughs> anchor our hearts in you help mm -hmm. us to see like it, The question is, is if this was to go on for the next three or four years, would Jesus be enough? And would our longing increase for Jesus to the point where we just, <laughs> where Paul would say to depart with you is mm. far better. Uh, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Um, and, and I think that's, that's what I would want to encourage our listeners. Uh, run to Christ, find all your satisfaction in him. And yeah. um, may he encourage and strengthen our hearts. Yeah, that's, that's a good word. The, uh, the center of uh, Colossians, I'll just uh, put this bow on, on your wonderful uh, encouragement there. Colossians 3.11 says, Christ is all and in all. So that's good, brother. Thank you. Rob, how about you? What would you say? I mean, the, the wilderness is hard. And I think the first thing we want to not do is pretend. So if you're struggling, if you're finding yourself slipping into discouragement, depression, and sin, um, confession, like, in the wilderness, it seems like God's always doing something to something to somebody in the wilderness, you know, like there's That's a, right. there's an intention behind it and we don't want to just put our heads in the sand. I mean, I can fill my day with Netflix as good as anybody. And that's, Hey, that's one way to make it through the pandemic, just play video games and, and watch Netflix. But um, I think that's not, that's not what we do as leaders and as worship leaders. What we do as worship leaders is, we turn to God and we let him do the work that he wants to do in this time. And he's been doing work in me throughout, throughout, throughout this. Like he's really caused me to reevaluate where my security is coming from. And uh, like you, Joni, what if I have to make a huge move and transition in the middle of a pandemic, you know, is that cool with me or is that all of a sudden going to throw my life off? And so there's an important need for confession and authenticity and relationship and, and pandemic makes it harder because it limits those things, but there's still ways that we can do that. So I would encourage that number one authenticity, like Pat said, go to the gospel, let the gospel um, be a balm in your life in this. And, and also just another encouragement that like singing 
is for such a time as this. Like worshiping the Lord is for these purposes. Like in Ephesians 5, you know, that famous passage where it says, you know, um, address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It starts off by saying, look at how you walk. Um, make, make best use of the time because the days are evil. The context of Ephesians 5 is this, these are hard times to live. So address one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So let let the truths of the Lord, you know, in your dark moments, turn to your piano, grab your guitar. If you're not a worship leader or you are one, put on that album and sing and and acknowledge your pain before God, but then also acknowledge his sovereignty and let him do the work in you that he wants to do. I think that would be my main yeah. encouragement. Uh, you know, put on your own oxygen mask first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then um, I was just thinking as you're talking, David, you know, David, the leader of his mighty men, um, things were tough. And it says, uh, um, verse, verse Samuel 36 says, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Talk about a wilderness. Yeah. His guys weren't too happy with them because all the people were bitter and sold. Hmm, sounds like a bit of a church disunity fight, huh? <laughs> All right. Uh, each for his sons and daughters. But then it says this, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Mm. And that's, I think, just a great place for us as individuals, right? To abide and just to dwell in the presence of the Lord and be strengthened. Uh, a fresh, fresh encounter with the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. And then I, I'm going to close with these words from John Piper is in one of his podcasts. He said, as leaders, and this would be for those who are given the privilege of, of every week leading your people in worship, musically, prayer, reading scripture, whether you maybe still are doing it online or in person for small groups, whatever your context is, this is what Piper says. He says, stretch the mental and emotional capacities of your people with the greatness of God and the unsearchable riches of Christ and the grandeur of the work of salvation and the glory of our eternal future at God's right hand with pleasures mm -hmm. forevermore. And, you know, this is just the sense that we are talking about the greatness of God, talking about the glory of the gospel, talking about our hope of the future that the gospel speaks of so much and um, just speaks of, of who God is. Mm -hmm. And so encourage your people, right? We need to declare truth, the truth of God's word, the truth of who God is, the truth of what Christ has done for us to save us. And so it starts with our own worship when we see Christ and it starts with us pointing others to Christ as we lift our eyes and help them to do so as well. Mm. Guys, thank you today for uh, being with me and just sharing honestly your own journey. And uh, we, we do want to encourage the people that are watching our, and, and listening to this uh, podcast. Thanks everybody for tuning in. In the wilderness, in your difficulties, in your journeys, just remember that the Lord is with you. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. Mm. And he strengthens us and does a wonderful work in us for our souls, uh, for the glory of his name and for our good. So thanks for being with us today. Join us again in two weeks when we'll come back and talking about worship as it relates to uh, leading the local church and, and uh, nurturing our heart of worship. God bless. Thanks so much. God bless.